This episode is brought to you by KG Productions for Krishna Nose. Good evening. Uh, we are doing the Narad Bhakti Sutra. Uh, we had covered till uh, Sutra 67. So today we are going to do from Sutra 68 onwards. Well, just a recap of 67. Devotees whose sole single goal is the Lord himself and whose single pointed devotion towards the Lord is for his own sake are the primary best, the number one. So basically you are supposed to have devotion only for the Lord and for the sake of devotion only, nothing beyond that. So when we have certain ulterior motives like I want this or I want that, then it is not called devotion. Devotion also should not be that I am doing this, the I should never come. Devotion is only for the sake of devotion. That was what we did yesterday. So today we are going to do Sutra 68. Narad Bhakti Sutra, Sutra 68. When they with throats choked with emotion, body covered with oripilation and tears flowing down, converse with each other in broken words, they sanctify their family and tribe, nay the very earth itself, they come to glorify. So there are certain signs given over here. The signs which are mentioned of a devotee. How does a devotee interact what happens to his body when he is in the throes of devotion love and devotion for the Lord the throat gets choked with emotion normally if you have been for a satsang or if you have been for a puja or certain places where you have the kirtans the bhajans the devotional songs are being said, you will find that there are a lot of people who get totally so much engrossed in that devotion that they start crying. Their eyes tear up, they are choking, they are not in a position to speak the words they may say half a word. They may say just a little bit of the beginning. Now this thing which happens to them is because of the devotion which is overflowing in them. In most of the holy places where true devotees actually visit, worship these kind of places, you will find them completely lost in themselves. They really don't know what they are talking, they are doing. The method in which they are speaking is totally alien to anybody who is looking at them. They'll say, why is this person behaving like this? They may not understand. What does a normal person do? A normal human being will just ensure that he is not doing anything foolish. Is he foolish? So they will go in a queue. They will say the prayers. They will clap properly. They will do the namaskar. They will sing in the proper sequence. These are the things that happens to a person who is a very, very normal human being who has got a shallow kind of a devotion. There is not much of a devotion. 
but there are certain people who are totally lost it in the devotional path they are unable to speak they do not have any way of communication the person next to them may be completely lost you may look at that person no? imagine you are looking at this person is crying away to glory the tears are flowing and flowing and flowing he is trying to sing a song and there is no way in which the words are coming out of the mouth that is what he means throat choked with emotion body covered with oripilation you see oripilation means you know your rongte khade hona jaise we say all our hair stand in oripilations when do they stand whenever you are very afraid or whenever somebody does something suddenly you know you feel like that and suddenly you get the oripilations on your body at the back of your neck and you know a tingle down your spine they say in all the horror movies horror <laughs> i'm sure you have seen this happening when you know suddenly you know the villain is coming or something like that these oripilations happen as a reaction to the body whatever the body is observing seeing or experiencing these oripilations happen these whatever the symptoms which are shown over here are a part and parcel of the normal world also but here the object is different you have to understand there a normal person will have oripilations when he is watching some horror flick here we are talking about when he is completely lost it in god so for such a kind of a person you will have all these symptoms showing up now these are not to be mixed with what happens in the villages okay because what happens over there is slightly a different phenomena those who have gone to the village jatra you know <laughs> you have that village festival and you have seen that there are some people who literally start dancing oh like that and <laughs> they start behaving in a very freakish kind of a manner they are also having their hair standing at end they have wild eyes and they are talking something and people go and ask them some questions deliberately there are people standing over there they will say mera kya hoga they want to know all this that is not to be mixed with this okay this is devotional path that is not a devotional path that is called possession <laughs> difference you know possession you get possessed so possession is something which happens to what is called as the subtle body another entity can possess this person because they are weak willed characters weak willed people in uh, if you know palmistry no <laughs> you will understand that if the thumb bends backwards fully okay like this when you write down then you know for sure that that is a weak willed person 
But here, it is not a weak-willed person. It is a person intoxicated by devotion. He goes through these different, different things. The one which we are talking about is oripilations on the body. His eye, eyes are crying. He is just singing, blabbering literally. His hands are, you know, his body is in a throw of emotion which can never be understood. His hairs are standing at end. Sometimes he is dancing, sometimes he is singing, sometimes he is just going around here and there. Now, these are the things that are happening to this person. Oripilations and tears flowing down. I just now said that. The tears start flowing literally. And what do they do? Now remember, we are talking about devotees. Don't mix them around with other people. Alright? Let us assume that there are devotees sitting over there. Imagine there is Tukaram Maharaj or Kabir or Guru Nanak or somebody who is very great, who is giving a kind of a satsang or singing abhangs or saying the prayers or something like that. And when that person is doing that, all this is happening. Meanwhile, they are in the company. All these people are sitting in a company. They are called devotees of that. So what do they do? They interact with each other. They talk to each other in broken voices. The communication is haphazard. So this, they converse with each other in broken words. You know, half of the words only are coming out from their mouth. Nobody understands what they are speaking. But the one who is sitting next to them, if he is a great devotee, he is understanding everything. Because he is going through the same thing as this person. There are no two different things that are happening to them. At such point in time, the normal mind is not working. Let me assure you, the normal mind, that means on the material plane, is not working at all. This person is completely lost. A normal mind means what? Oh, suppose, you know, you, you are drinking some uh, ju juice or water or eating some prasad. Something like that. You know, things like these are happening around them. Uh, some, sometimes, you know, in some places you will find the phone is ringing. <laughs> you find somewhere the phone is ringing. And then everybody looks at that person. No. <laughs> Why did you get your phone over here? And in one of the ashrams that I went, the child started crying. <laughs> he was quite a grown up. But the child started crying literally and everybody was, mm. as if that, that person is a big <laughs> gunegar. Culprit. Get out from here. Go, go, go. One of the sweetest things that uh, I have seen in one of the ashrams that I have got. Exactly when things are happening in such a manner, <coughs> somebody will definitely cough over there or somebody gets a coughing fit. There is bound to be a person who is going to be distracting or he will get 
uh, you know a hitchki or a coughing fit or something like that is happening so in this ashram before the guruji comes they are distributing you know the small pills that you get uh, i don't know what they are called like jintan you know very tiny ones which you keep them in your mouth and <laughs> so that you don't have that problem when guruji is there when when the satsang is going on so it's like that so think like that here everybody is lost in that there is no common talk happening everybody is engrossed in it in some places you will find that the excitement is so severe that there are stampedes lots of people have lost their lives also and why that happens can never be told it's a crazy scene out there when there are lots of these kind of devotees gone out to be one with the divine so when these two are talking to each other coming back to the narrative once again when these two are talking to each other they are spoke they are speaking to each other in half broken words nobody understands the other if there is another person who is listening in will have no clue what they are speaking they are just speaking in <laughs> like that kind of a language it's a very strange language okay and then what happens when they do that when a devotee is like this narada says they sanctify their family and tribe nay the very earth itself they come to glorify when a person gets into this kind of a devotion which is completely mad kind of a devotion let me tell you that one devotee one devotee is going to sanctify his entire family and this question may arise this was mentioned in liberation and self realization how is it that it is it is mentioned over here i will tell you what is written over here it is mentioned in the scriptures that any person any person who reaches the state of liberation or self realization or enlightenment enlightenment has already liberated himself and seven generations before him and seven generations after him now think what i am saying just a small idea of how this works let us go backward how many set of parents do they this one person has two isn't it one mother and one father liberated just because this one person one person is realized these two are liberated out of the system now this mother will have her set of parents isn't it so two over here and two over here the father will also have so the second generation will be four now the next generation after that 
about it. And now go seven generations back. Just because one person is liberated, do you know how many are getting freedom? You do your permutation combination. You may be a science student, you know, mathematics student. You do it and then let me know what is the figure. Because it is quite a big figure. <laughs> now, I said backwards. What about forwards? This person who is liberated might be married, might not be married, might be getting married, really doesn't matter. But the chance is, let us say he is married. Okay. How many generations after him are we talking about? Seven more. <laughs> yeah, I can see you doing calculations. <laughs> So seven generations forward. Now seven generations backward and seven generations forward. I think we will cover 7.5 billion of people on this earth. <laughs> I don't know what is the figure, but assuming that it's a massive figure. So self-realization releases a whole load of people. Now, a devotee. Remember, devotional path is easier than the path of Sankhya Yoga or Karma Yoga. It's very, very easy. It's not that you have to put in a lot of efforts over those two paths, a lot of efforts. You really have to sweat out. In this path, simple. You just go mad, you become devotee of God and period, finished. Dot, dot, dot. So, the devotee, he liberates if this person has this capability of showing that intense devotion, that devotion where he cries at the name of God, just goes gaga, mad, mad literally. Horripilations happen, his eyes are you know, giving off tears, he is dancing away, he is singing, he is doing all kinds of things. This person is equivalent to a person who is liberated in the other path. The devotional path is also the same. But here there is a very peculiar choice. There is no choice in the other path. Okay? The there are no choices there. You are liberated, you are finished, gone, out. Okay. In this path, there is no such thing as you are going to get a certificate called liberation. Okay, this person is self-realized, liberated. There is nothing like, there is no self there. No, we are not discussing self here at all. We are talking about the love for God, devotional path. Now imagine in this path, this person is a very, very great devotee of God. He has liberated his entire family backwards and the one forwards also. Alright? So now do you understand? They sanctify their family and tribe. The tribe 
what tribe are we talking about whichever place that he is coming from you know we all or everybody has some native place and some place where we th- say oh all my relatives are staying in this place all these people are from there all those people the entire tribe and this is not these are not some stupid words let me assure you this is the truth of devotion the entire tribe near the very earth itself they come to glorify they are crossing any place now after this the next verse is still more beautiful let me tell you what it is so even if they walk the earth that place is sanctified the first time that i ever go to vrindavan mathura this kind of places i may not even visit these places inside because just by sitting in that place itself is sanctification i will take a little dust from the earth and i will put it on my head because this is a place where krishna walked isn't it so in the same way we do charan sparsh we touch the feet of elderly people isn't it we do that kind of a thing here just the earth that they walked on and i will tell you how this is let us say think yesterday was you know sunday easter sunday now that entire place where jesus must have walked is a holy place likewise when people go to say dakshineshwar the entire grounds of dakshineshwar the place where ramkrishna paramahansa must have sat or shirdi sai baba's place you see when we go to this kind of locations what do we do we touch something and then we take you know we pray to that place isn't it because they have sanctified it what is the sanctification i will tell you so we have finished verse 68 we are moving to the next one so we are doing narad bhakti sutra sutra 69 like i said it's a continuation sutra 69 from narad bhakti sutra they sanctify the sacred places of pilgrimage and glory to actions and lend authority to the scriptures this is something which i will give you a very good explanation what happens there first is they sanctify the place means what do they do there are pilgrimages lots of places are called you know places where we go for pilgrimage in the north there are lots of them in the south there are lots of them in we east and west also i was talking about pandarpur in maharashtra we are talking of karnataka people go to udupi they go to various other places here 
some manjunath swami is there somewhere some all these kind of places are there then we go to south india kanjivaram rameshwaram then we go to sebalaji in tirupati then in the north what is the place vaishno devi i have not been but i'm just saying vaishno devi is there the ganga or today i'm going to tell you a little story on that so yeah later on so it will be a part of this package deal okay so the ganga river you know calcutta various other places now what happens when you have gone over there now think about it huh? this is what i i you have to you can actually understand you have gone over there to those places and you know when you went over there you say nothing happened <laughs> you go over there for a darshan and nothing has happened you have gone over there to see something some god somewhere this is the pilgrimage you have taken <laughs> and you were expecting some kind of a you know some miracle to happen something to fall on your head some strange experience you are expecting and nothing happened we went for the darshan because all your friends are going to ask you how was your darshan then you are going to say it was very nice you know that's it but sometimes you have stories you know i have to tell you something when i gone for the darshan this happened and that happened and you know we were suddenly taken in by by the priest he said come with me and i will take you straight to the sanctum sanctorum oh stories happen i met baba ji over there i met this one over there i met that one over there but every now and then it doesn't happen once in a blue moon it happens <laughs> we are so used to it you will say you know, every year we go for this one darshan you know in this place every year you go but nothing happens isn't it now i will tell you why this happens and why this doesn't happen so let me give you a story this story is of a person who is called pundalik have you heard of this person pundalik we say na pundalik ava dehari vithal like that you know pundalik so pundalik maharaj was he got married at a young age and uh, he had parents now his wife she literally was a tyrant in the house and she would make them work very hard the parents and she never used to let them go so till late in the night they had to work they were old people but still so it so happened that one day the parents were so upset about the whole thing and they decided we don't want to stay here they said we will all go to kashi kashi is a very nice place to go to so <laughs> so let us go to kashi so they left for kashi now in olden times there were no fast trains or anything like that so you have to walk down isn't it maybe take a horse buggy or maybe a bullock cart or something you know how many days it may take just imagine from pandarpur they are staying in pandarpur from pandarpur all the way to kashi it's a long distance travel so then what happened 
Next morning, the wife gets up and sees, look, what happened? Where are my parents? Where are your parents? Man, who is going to do the work over here? Go get them. See, find out where they are gone. They come to know that they have gone with one party, you know, <laughs> to Kashi. So they go get them. So this guy says, okay, fine. And he also packs his bag and he also sets on foot. So, it so happens that it takes time to reach Kashi for him. And by the time he reaches over there, it's quite late in the evening and he's a little bit tired. So he says, tomorrow morning I'll go and search for them and then maybe, you know, we'll see what happens. So earlier there used to be these ashrams where you can stay. So there is this ashram of a Swami, a Swamiji, his name is Kukut Swami. So he goes to the Kukut Swami's ashram and says, can, can I stay here for the night? So Kukut Swami says, fine, please stay. So he stays over there and he is not able to sleep. So he goes to sleep and he, after eating his meal and all that, he is not able to sleep. So he has he's awake. Early in the morning, he sees that there is Swamiji's kutia is there. So he sees three very you know badly dressed, you know, dirty clothes and all. Three women, they come inside that place. And they go, go inside that Swamiji's kutia. And after that, the ashram, whatever the ashram was there, they clean the whole place up. They clean it thoroughly. Naturally, those who have stayed in the ashram will know that it has to be spick and span. So they clean the whole ashram thoroughly. In olden times, we used to use cow dung to cover the earth and all that. So yeah, they do all those kind of things. Then they finally visit the kutia and then they come out of that place. When they come out of that place, they are literally like, you know, shining. They are shining and white apparel. And they start walking. Now this, this fellow, he says, I have to follow them. I want to know who they are. So he follows them. They go near the river, Ganga, and they enter the river and they vanish. So he says, oh, these must be some godly people, you know. And so he stands over there and prays, you know, I am so happy to get your darshan and all that. So suddenly those three appear in front of them. And they look at him and they say, you know who we are? Ganga, Yamuna and Saraswati. These are three rivers. So what do they do? So he asked them a question. How is it that when you went inside, you had dirty clothes and when you came out, you had such beautiful clothes and you went inside the river now? So they say, Seva. We were doing Seva of Guru. Kukut Swami is our guru. We were doing seva. So when you do seva of your parents or the guru, 
you are sanctified you are purified we are rivers when the guru puts the foot in the river the river is sanctified so did you get it so pundalik immediately he gets that oh my god is this what i did so he tries to locate his parents but he comes to know that they have gone so he rushes back to his native place and from that day onwards he does seva of his parents it so happens that krishna and his wife they visit him rukmini they visit him one day when he is is putting his parents to sleep you know is rubbing their feet and putting him to sleep so there is a knock on the door so is coming so these two come in and they stand over there so they are trying to speak something he says my parents are sleeping and he does complete seva of theirs he says to them you stand over there go stand over there there are pile of bricks over there so these two they stand on the bricks so after he is finished he turns around to see and he finds that both krishna and his beloved they have become stone so it came about that that particular place is today called as pandharpur and the god is called vithoba the one who stands on the brick okay so he feels very sad and he calls out to them and he says you know i'm very sorry i did not know you were here so vithoba gives him a darshan he is also called vithala the one who is standing on the eat it will the brick so this is how those images over there in pandarpur came about and the promise which krishna has given is i am always going to be here all right that is the reason why people visit that place and it has become sanctified now coming back to what happens when a sage when the devotee goes to a holy place the holy place it's literally like just imagine it is like your battery you know your phone battery hmm? if you go to say tirupati or this places it's like battery it's a very big charged battery Now every time when somebody goes over there, all the people, a little bit of energy comes down over there. <laughs> Just think like that. So when that energy comes down, what happens? Who is going to recharge it? You need the current, isn't it? Direct. <laughs> so this current which is there is the devotee. He has got the power of recharge. So when even Shankaracharya was asked this question you are god yourself you know you are shankara why is it that you have to visit balaji's temple tirupati and all these holy places why do you visit so this is the explanation which he had given he said 
the sages the saints and these devotees are the ones who go and recharge that place the divinity is recharged imagine like that so i hope you got this answer in this he says they sanctify the sacred places of pilgrimage so did you get the answer so whenever a great devotee of god visits such holy places it is not that the holy place is holy because of the god over there it is sanctified by these devotees who go over there and leave behind their whatever power that is there i hope you understood this now add glory to their actions whatever action that they perform have you seen uh, chaitanya mahaprabhu and nityanandas they put their hand like this if you have been to these iskon temples and all that are krishna are rama temples you have seen their hands are like this chaitanya mahaprabhu who is also an avatar of krishna he sanctified a lot of places he also visited the entire south india by the way he visited kashi also banaras kashi went up to north all the way up to vrindavan mathura and came back and he lived in puri for many years <coughs> jagannath puri many years he was there so they sanctified these places and whatever actions that they do bring a lot of glory to the place also this much also you have to understand then lend authority to the scriptures now this is something which i will tell you how it works you have read a lot of scriptures those who are on the path of spirituality you know they love to go and read the scriptures from end to end they want to read even the preface they want to even go and see who has written on what bola theek hai i'll read that also and that also and that also are boss there's a lot of reference material i will read that reference also and they want to read all the reference material and nowadays you don't have to read nowadays you have to click you know you know how click is there's a hyperlink somewhere and you click that also and then you go to another website then you click that also then you go to one more place so it's like that you keep on doing so this is what happens now what happens as the story comes down the line the scriptures and the stories which have come from olden times there is a very peculiar thing which has happened you will find that there are skeptics in this world you know skeptics how they are your scriptures are not good boss all dates are wrong what you are talking million years ago god was not there during that time and all they keep on dissecting it and they say it's like remember mirabai story i told you hmm? right now mirabai story i said akbar came over there right now one more person came over there it is said that tansen also came tansen is a singer one of the navratnas in the court of akbar so it is said that tansen came but there are people in this world what do they do they go and find out the date when did tansen join akbar 
Oh, he joined 20 years later. By then Mirabai was dead. Okay. And they try to find faults in the scriptures. Please remember one thing. When a satsang is going on, a story is going on, all these are written in a particular manner. When the guru or a devotee, he is saying those scriptures or he is expounding on them or he is telling you a story about them, that is the truth. How is that the truth you will find out? We have to understand why is it a truth? How many people have trashed the Bible and said there is no Jesus Christ? There are lots of people in this world. They keep on trashing it and they keep on saying there is nothing like that. And there are controversies after controversies after controversies are there. Oh, this never happened. That never happened. These are just stories, you know. Don't give me all that. The devotee has a very peculiar place over here. What does a devotee do? He takes the story and weaves a very beautiful garland of it and presents it to someone. Think about it. If there is a great sage, a saint, you may say that lots of the stories which are written have actually not taken place, you know. The skeptical people will definitely say, yeah, that's not correct. Because they are skeptics. A devotee takes the story and views a very beautiful garland of story around it and presents it. And that is the truth for other devotees. That is the truth for other devotees. The time which is there, which is in the normal sense goes in a straight line, you know, one, two, three, four, you know, your watch moves in that manner. The time is actually standing still when the devotee is talking. I myself have experienced this distortion of time and it was a very, very strange phenomena that I myself went through. I had gone to Dehu Alandi and the place was closed in the afternoon. So I just went round that place and in that there was one small raised ground which is called Chabutra we call it. Or slightly maybe a terrace kind of a thing you can say. So when I went up the terrace of the Samadhi of Jnaneshwar, Santa Jnaneshwar, I found two people sitting in front of each other and having a very nice discussion with each other on the subject matter which was very esoteric. I just stood there and I watched these people. After some time, I did my namaskar to them and I walked away from there. This was just a couple of years ago. Now, who were those people? One of them was Santa Tukaram. 
and other was Nyaneshwar. Now imagine one person is from one century and another person is from another century and they are sitting right in front of me and doing this discussion on a very beautiful subject. It's a disconnect for a normal person. He is not going to believe in any of these things. But when I personally experienced it, it was distortion of time. So when we tell the stories that during this particular time when, you know, Namdev came and Chokha Mela and this one and that one, so many people were there. They knocked his head. You know all that story, isn't it? I gave you the story. How can all these saints be together at one place, you may say? Because one is from 13th century, one is from 14th century, one is from 15th century, one is from 16th and 17th. And what are you talking? This is a disconnect. But in the story, this happened. Normal human beings experience time in a different way, in a straight line. Spiritual people experience time in a very, very different manner. It can never be understood how this whole thing happens. It happens in a very, very peculiar fashion. So, what they do is, they lend authority to the scriptures. This is what happens. People may try to you know, disown or poo-poo them and say a lot of words to these great devotees and say, this never happened, you know. Every story of yours is there. It is there even in uh, Panchatantra. It is there even in your Hindu scriptures. It is there in Jain scriptures. What are you talking? It's not the same. Well, that is how you look at it if you are a non-believer. But if you are a true believer, if you are the Bhakta, if you are a true devotee of God, if you are in love with God, then you know whatever is being said is called the gospel truth. Nobody is brainwashing anybody. There is no brainwashing here. There is no distortion of that truth. The truth is different. It is experienced in a much different manner. I will explain it to you in a story which happened to a very dear friend of mine. Now, this particular person, he used to do traveling to the Himalayas. Now, he was a rappler and mountain climber and all that. So, he would go to the mountains. One day, while he was going to the mountains, it so happened that he was waiting at the base camp. Suddenly, one person comes and taps him on the shoulder and he says, Come with me, sir. And it was in Sadhu Baba, you know bearded guy. So he goes with him, goes to a long journey, maybe many days pass by and finally he enters a mountain cave where he meets the guru over there and they welcome him and they said, we are, we are welcoming you. They welcome him, they take him inside and the guru then gives him a training for more than three months. All right. After the training is over, he says, now my person will drop you back, but you are going to forget everything that happened. So this was a training in curative sciences, basically 
path of ayurveda path of uh, curing people those kind of things so the person drops him back to the same place where he had picked him up and he's standing over there and looking at the mountains suddenly he finds his team members calling out to him come on let's go now what had happened over there this person was standing there on an x date let us say today's date he was watching the mountains somebody came and took him came back and dropped him over there many months passed by in that journey but when he stood over here again it was the same date as today and he completely forgot what happened many years later when this person had was in a coma and he was in a completely you know he was dead literally dead he was able to revive himself with the techniques that he had learned with the medicines and stuff that we was able to and resurrect himself back so this is a story but it happened to a very close person whom i know then he said you know what i had completely forgotten about it but when i was lying in the coma this entire story came back to me and i told my wife what she was supposed to do and she did exactly all those things and that is how i resurrected myself so just to tell you how this kind of distortion of time happens in spirituality you may think it's a story but there is a living person so there is no such thing as you know so coming back to this lend authority to scriptures so in the scriptures the stories or whatever it might be may have a certain meaning but when they come from the mouth of a devotee when they come from the guru's mouth or when there is an exposition happening by a very great person an enlightened kind of a being then the truth is different so whatever they say it is giving authority to the scriptures any of the persons in this world those who are literally doing the translations literal translations who are supposed to be scholars have got university degrees they might have gone to harvard and they might have done all kinds of big big degrees and you know they are trying to dissect a scripture that is not the truth because they are trying to dissect something completely different whereas a devotee's words are the genuine truth so narada is clearly telling you how the devotee when he says these words that is the truth so we have come to the end of sutra 69 next time we will do sutra 70 onwards yes i have received a few a few people who have sent me you know telling me that uh, we can continue in some manner so you can also write like i said please do write to me and tell me what is it that you are expecting because we are like at 70 verse very slowly <laughs> we are going towards the end of this book so what are, what do you want me to do please let me know so again now is story time <laughs> story time is for some people who want to wake up 
<laughs> okay. So at least they listen to the stories. It doesn't matter if they don't listen to the rest of the satsang. <laughs> so coming to the story, today we are going to do a story of a very, very interesting person. He was a poet. It was in West Bengal. His name was Ram Prasad Sen. Ram Prasad Sen. Now you may wonder, who is this Ram Prasad? Those who know Ram Krishna Paramahansa and have read his scripture, that gospel of Sri Ram Krishna, will know Ram Prasad very well. Because whatever poetry is that he was singing, Ram Krishna ji was singing, was Ram Prasad's. So Ram Prasad's story goes something like this. He was born in a family where the father was an Ayurvedic doctor. Alright. And he wanted, like every father wishes his son is also doing, going to do the same thing. It's a family tradition, you know. <laughs> so in the family tradition, he was also expecting his son, okay, you will also become a family doctor, like an Ayurvedic doctor. But his son had different ideas. So what happens is, he goes to a toll. Toll used to be a school, you know, run by some people who are spiritual. So they would teach Vedas and this and that. So there he learned Persian also. He learned Hindi also. Bengali also. Yeah, a lot of languages he learned and Sanskrit for that matter. He learned all this. He learned the Vedas and the scriptures and all those things. And then he became very spiritual. Now, which father would want his son to become spiritual? You see, if you tell your father, I want to become spiritual, your father is going to get a heart attack. He will say, what are you talking? You should be going and getting a job for yourself. You should get married. You should settle down. You see, look at me and my family. But sir, explain the last verse to him, no? I'm going to get you released, okay? <laughs> you explain the last verse to him. See, I'm going to become a devotee and I'm going to release you. Don't worry. So think about Ram Prasad. Ram Prasad was doing exactly like that. So he tells his father, I am not interested in all these things. So he goes to a guru. It was a very normal thing. Actually, before going to the guru, his father thinks this guy has gone gaga, he has gone loose in his head or something like that. Let us get him married. At least if you get him married, no, he's not going to have all those thoughts. You see, when you have a woman in front of you, none of these thoughts will matter. That is what the father thought. Okay. And they got the boy married. Well, then you go and take darshan and you take, you know, you touch the feet of your guru, you know. Every family has a guru. So this boy and this girl, Savitri is her name, Ramprasad and Savitri, they go and take the blessings of this guru. Now this guru, what he does, when he blesses him and <laughs> says some words to him, Immediately this guy becomes completely off and he gets into a trance and he starts writing more poetry. So one year later that guru dies. So he gets another guru which he gets initiated. Now this person's name is Krishnananda Agama Vagisha. Okay. Now this person is a tantric guru. Tantra. He is going to teach him tantra. And while he is learning Tantra, he is completely intoxicated by Kali. He becomes a great devotee of Kali. 
And once when he becomes a great devotee of Kali, every poem of his is on Kali. There is nothing which will say, you know, oh, this is not there. You see the different how-bhows of Kali are mentioned in his poems. If you go and read Ram Prasad's poetry, it's so beautiful. Now, everybody comes to know that he's a great poet. So, there is a local king over there. He says, I want this guy. Meanwhile, you know he's got married and he has to at least make some living. So, he goes to the city and he gets a job of an accountant. You know accountancy? So, in a very great in a rich man's place, he becomes an accountant first. Now, every day he would sit with the books and then people start complaining to the boss. They say, you know, you know, look at what he's writing. In the entire account book, he has written poetry of Kali. There's no accountancy in that. These are beautiful poems and he's written Kali's name over and over and over and over again. So they thought that they will kick him out. Nothing like that happens. The master is very nice. He says to him, you know, you go home, go back to your place, write more poetry. Every month I will send you a salary just like that. The salary was 30 rupees at that time. <laughs> so every month 30 rupees were sent to his place. This was 18th century, sir. So it's okay. 30 rupees, big amount of money. So he would send the money to his house and he would write poetry. Then this king, remember the king? So this king comes to know that this man is like a great poet. So what he does is he sends his people and says, tell him, I want him as my state poet. Raj Kavi as they call it, isn't it? He never goes there <laughs> because he is lost in poetry to Kali every day. And he is so intoxicated by it that he doesn't even care. The king offers him the highest position. And he says, don't worry, you don't have to come, you can stay there. Now this particular person was handling a territory. Now his name was Raja Krishna Chandra. Krishna Chandra was handling Bengal. He was under Sirajudavla of Delhi. You, I am sure you have, those who have done this, uh, you know, history will know Sirajudavla. So Krishnananda, he says, see the place where you are staying is very small. So I am going to give you 100 acres of land that is yours. <laughs> so he gets pension from that other person. He gets 100 acres of land. He gets so many riches from the king and all that. Finally, the king is about to die. So he says, can you please come? And for one year, Ram Prasad sat next to this king and recited poetry. And this was known to Sirajadola also. So Sirajadola comes to Bengal and says, I also want to listen to your poetry. And these are kind of a bhajans which they are a mixture of bhajans. Now those who know how Bengali language is, they will understand this is Baul and Kirtan. You know Bauls, the one who go around singing songs. The Bauls 
have the kirtan cars mix them together that is what ram prasad started so today's current way of singing in bengal is more or less what he is doing so it so happens that sirajadola also listens to his poetry then it is said that one day when he was sitting over there i will take another two more minutes okay so one day when he was sitting over there outside he saw the fence had fallen so he was trying to repair but you know those who are lost in devotional path and in ecstasy they don't know what they are doing also so suddenly a very beautiful girl comes over there and she says i am going to help you and she helps him fix the fence then she vanishes that is ma kali herself who had come all right and in another story it is mentioned that he was going to the river side and going to take a bath before he starts his daily ablutions he is completely intoxicated and lost in the in that kind of a kirtan which he is doing and going near the river suddenly another beautiful lady comes and stands in front of him and she looks at him and she says can you sing some of your kirtans for me he says you know what i am getting very late just now i have to go and do the puja at home so kindly excuse me she had a very beautiful lilting voice so he says i'll do one thing i'll come back from my bath and maybe i'll take you with me and i will make you listen to me by the time he comes back there's nobody there but he hears a voice say i am annapurna i came from kashi all the way to bengal to listen to your songs because i was told you you have written some very beautiful kirtans but now i am going and she is not there he gets very upset ram prasad got very upset he started walking all the way to kashi he could reach the triveni sangam now he was going to take a bath in the triveni sangam at that place he again hears the voice can you sing those kirtans for me so he says but you are not here you are in kashi what are you doing in this alabad triveni sangam so she says you don't know me i am everywhere so now sing those kirtans for me and he sings and she is very pleased with him so he also got darshan of annapurna kalima all those then he comes back and one day while doing the kali puja you know they have the navratri festival there is a pot of water which is consecrated water which is poured on ma so he carries that pot with him when immersion is happening immersion happens of the kali's image durga's image so he is taking the pot he is putting it on his head and he goes inside the river and after that nobody has heard of him so this is the story of ram prasad who has left behind a fantastic amount of you know poetic literature you should go and read it whenever you have the time beautiful poetry so we have come to the end of our satsang it's 5 minutes over time i'm sorry about it <laughs> take care you have a very good evening and take care of yourself bye i'll see you all tomorrow